welcome, Martin, to our very first episode of this format of the Tasting Paddle podcast, which is our sessions format. Normally, as you know, because you're standing behind the cameras, we typically do four beers and four topics and take about 45 minutes per episode. Yeah. This time, we're going to go deep onto a single topic and just do one beer. And what type of beer that's going to be? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, Martin, actually. I, I wonder what our underqualified bar staff is going to bring us. Do you think they'll get our order right? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Well, um, thank oh, you. Gentlemen. We're very good, Adam. We're very good. Um, Ooh. There I, you go. I guess the topic for today must be something dark then. Yeah, Mark. well. How, uh, how, do you like, how do you like my logo? It's That is a nice shirt, but I think viewers are going to need to subscribe to find out more, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. And we've now got our, our dark one. So what is our topic for today, Martin? The topic today is uh, all about AI and how it can AI. help cybersecurity. I saw there was a UK-based marketing agency called privateisland.tv. They just released an AI-generated beer commercial. Is that what we're here to talk about? Have you seen that? Uh, I haven't seen it. I've heard it's really good. <laughs> you know, look. We're going to get into AI and cybersecurity shortly, but suffice to say, AI has some limitations, and some might even call this commercial a bit lightweight. In as much as the video was completely synthetically generated, made by an AI engine, probably the best thing about the entire video was the backing track, which was Smash Mouth's All Star. Fantastic song, brilliant song. <laughs> the commercial itself, though, Look, it was it was pretty cool, but it had all sorts of issues. Like beer bottles would turn into beer glasses throughout. And you know, I'm kind of worried that if we do AI in cybersecurity, we're gonna is this gonna change into water or something? Uh, it could possibly change into water. It all depends how you train it. Training is important, but before we get into the topic, because we do need to talk a lot more about AI in cybersecurity, we should probably talk about this very fine beer that yes. Adam has bought to us for consumption on the tasting paddle. Yes. It's a very dark one, isn't it? It is a rather dark one. I do particularly enjoy my, my dark beers. Good, good, good. Excellent. I'm glad we picked well in that sense. This one here is called Seeker. It's from Seeker Brewery, and it's called Dougie's Porter. So Dougie is actually a dog that just hangs around the brewery and is a chocolate Labrador. Ooh. So this is a chocolate porter to honour Dougie the chocolate Labrador. Ooh. It's about five and a half percent or so alcohol, so it's a little bit stronger. It's not too strong though. It's a really robust flavor. This is actually my local, so I tend to come down here to do a bit of a work on a Friday or a Saturday afternoon. And this is one of my favorites. I'm kind of hoping that it doesn't go off tap soon because they do change the taps here quite a bit. Well, uh, hopefully we can give it a good taste soon. And uh, as Adam normally does, is give it a good little smell. We Look, first thing I'll say is a, is a dark beer. We should let it warm up a little bit. So yeah, I'm yeah, it does right. look a little bit chill. Indeed, indeed. And, um, you know, you are supposed to smell it because you should get a really nice chocolatey roasted aroma. It's almost like walking into a house when a toaster's popped or, or something like that. Do you want to give it a go? Yeah, why not? Cheers. Cheers. So you can really smell the malts rather than the hops in this beer. Hmm. Ooh, and do taste a little bit of a chocolate in the back end. You there. really can, can't you? It's when they say chocolate porter, it really is really, really chocolate. good. Um, also very smooth. There's, actually, there's a malt called chocolate malt, and they use this extensively in, the, in this uh, very fine. 
beverage. I'm so. going for another one. Definitely. So, Martin, if we're not talking about AI and beer and very dodgy commercials, and it's actually AI in cybersecurity, what can you use well, AI for in cyber? Yeah, well, uh, it can be used in multiple cases. So you can look at pen testing. So that's uh, using AI to generate a, a, a really well-formed payload, uh, which you can then point that AI to learn from a certain set of data sets. Yep. And it's not just a set human code that it's trying to push towards and uh, pen test clients. Mm. It's more down to it's able to adapt from the, the set of data you've given it mm. and then being able to actually uh, adapt to a set environment and not just a set one little payload that most pen testers use nowadays. That's right, because you know, I think that's a very specific example. And we'll zoom out in a minute. But, you know, a lot of the time, particularly for, say, junior pen testers in a, a lot of organizations, they'll use automated tools and it's the same payload every single time. Correct. Attackers know this, so they know to just vary their approach a little bit. And guess what? They get straight through. So with an AI-powered tool, perhaps that can be more contextualized to the environment that you're testing, and yep. therefore you're more ready to defend against that very human threat on the, the other side of the adversary landscape, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it, it really does. Um, it, if you've given it a good data set, it, it can... It, learns so well what humans want to do in terms mm. of everything that they've currently already got out there, especially with your current hacking or pen testing tool sets. And you raise a really good point about learning there as well, because it's not just one type of algorithm when people say AI, right? Like you hear people go, oh, our AI on various products, but AI is actually a suite of different techniques, right? And yes. if viewers look at the screen right now, they'll see an image that runs through a number of those techniques. Starting on the left, you start with machine learning or supervised yep. machine learning. That's a technology that's actually been out there for quite a long period of time now. And you know, the way it works is literally you're taking some historical data, often quite a lot of historical data from your environment in cybersecurity and taking your analysts and getting them to stamp data. So you, yep. you ask the analyst, you say, Martin, is this a threat or not? Is this an IOC or not? Martin looks at it and goes, based on my experience, my knowledge, etc. stamp, yes, that's a threat, or stamp, no, that's not. There's a few people doing that, and they train the algorithm so that based on the historical data, it returns a acceptable level of precision versus recall, i.e. it kind of emulates what you as an analyst would have done. That's one type. That's been around for a while. Really long time. I mean, it's pretty good for some use cases, right? Yeah, lots of false positives, though, uh, especially in today's age. I mean, you, you still have the human going, this looks like a threat, but you don't have any backhand going, let me double check mm. that and going through all the possible avenues of, okay, it detects a possible breach here, but yeah. where did it come from? How did it get in? You're right, because it's, it's more of a binary tool. It's a yes, no or somewhere in the middle, and yeah. that somewhere in the middle, it's either a you know, algorithm that either have to sort that into a false positive or a false negative and yeah. choose whether to exclude it or include it. Yeah. And right on the line, that can become a bit of a flip of a coin, which is, is always difficult for an algorithm. To Correct, do. and um, AI it's, uh, is a great system in terms of the amount of 
false positives or positives out there. You, even if you have a big group of analysts, there's only a certain amount of information they can sieve through. Mm. So having and AI, AI yeah, go through that extensive amount of alerts helps uh, companies find more possible ways or more possible attacks that are currently in the environment rather than, oh, this might be a waiting yeah. for a human to go through it. But I mean, you, you can't always hope that AI is going to say that's an attack. You still need that yeah. human analyst to go in and go, that's an actual... We'll come back to that because I think that's the solution. There's still a few <laughs> problems to, to talk about. To be honest, like that, that machine learning based approach, really, really good for specific things. But if we go to the other side of that image that was just up on screen, the newer technology, generative AI, right? It's quite different, deep learning and neural networks and the like. No longer is it trained on what in comparison is actually quite a small data set. No longer is it a human stamping that data or one of your own analysts stamping that data. It's trained on literally, you know, in the case of GPT-4, how many data points was it? A trillion data points. A trillion, right? It's a massive corpus of data. Yep. And these algorithms are enormous algorithms. In fact, they need a supercomputer inside a cloud data center to, to run a lot of these algorithms. But you, because the, the data set is so big, they're much more adaptable and you can simply ask it a question and using the, the pre-trained transformer technology, it's able to go back into the algorithm and the data and go, based on this, that very complex question you've asked, here is an answer that isn't just a yes or no answer, right? Yeah, it's well, it's a more natural way of response. And that's why I think it's it's been such a big hype. You go in and you you ask it a set of questions. I mean, if you look at compliance and asking it, is this document compliant? And it's responding a response. Um, you, It's more believable. Mm, mm. But you, all with AI, you still need to verify. I mean, we don't yeah, know. It's a good point about verification, isn't it? Uh, I was lucky enough to recently talk to Computer World magazine, so really cool global publication and smart man. I was wondering when you were going to do that. Uh, yeah, we we're talking to Computer World oh, about um, AI and some of the benefits, and certainly there's a lot of benefits, but also some of the risks. And the word hallucinations came up in that discussion. Have you heard of hallucinations? No. No, yep. I haven't. No, no, it's a, it's a great Sounds word. very interesting. It was actually, Google CEO was the first person to use the term. And effectively, what it's saying is that these very large language models, LLMs, uh, what they do is they, they return great results. Uh, they return very rich results. And they return very accurate results most of the time. Yes. But occasionally, they return a completely demonstrably false result extremely confidently <laughs> so the person at the other end of it reads it and says yes, must that be must true. be true yeah because it's confident right we as humans we do tend to you know fall for confidence a, a little bit yeah. so we go it must be true and you kind of keep on going so that idea of hallucinations where the algorithm isn't giving you the right answer but you don't really know how to verify it yeah it's a problem in cyber right it, it is uh, I, I i believe it's more of a human aspect we just finding easier ways to how understand do you use it speaking of that how do you use it and how do you overcome that problem well how i use chat gpt or the actual language model uh, which is available to yep. the, the consumer is um, just being able to take 
um, information from our vendors that we currently deal with and being I'm able to- I'm gonna pause you there. There's a fly that just came on there. I just oh. got rid of it for you. Um, I had to do an atom here and get rid of the, the fly. <laughs> Most people wouldn't worry, but since he's not here with us today- Well, I, I I've got one that edited it. I could see the little thing flying okay, around. Yeah, fair, fair <laughs> enough, fair, fair enough, Mark, fair enough. Sorry, I interrupted. Keep no, going. no, no worries. Thanks for keeping yeah. my beer clean. Um, so. Yeah, I use it to verify um, known vulnerabilities within. I mean, every vendor nowadays goes, okay, here's a version, um, and here's the possible problems that with this version. Yep. So when, when you have clients come to you and go, cool, we want to do a major update, I mean, you can ask AI to be like, what possibility, possible problems could we face? Yep. What are the risks? What are the ways around it? Are there uh, different tool sets that um, the AI knows about? Yep. I mean... We still got to take my knowledge and our knowledge of cybersecurity and be able to implement it in whatever AI has given me. But so I'm able to it to help you with that initial research. I yes. Guess. What if it does hallucinate? What if it gives you a completely false answer? How do you how uh, do you know? Well, you you asking a, a certain amount of questions to be able to to develop a like what they say like a writer's block. You yep. could say is it's giving you ideas. Yep you should still be able to interpret those ideas that it gives you. So you should very, you should be own. able, yeah, yeah, you use my own knowledge and uh, our knowledge in cybersecurity of what's currently happening and what needs to be done. Yeah. Rather than going, okay, it's given me everything. Let me just use it and move yeah. on. I mean, that's, I mean, in cybersecurity, you never just want to use no. one tool or one source, Correct. right? I mean, we are in such a ambiguous environment. You, you need to, check and double check that's the whole point of intelligence right correct we see something in our system we verify it against threat intelligence and perhaps we these days we use ai to help us as well yeah it's just it's it's a great way of just being able to sieve through the amount of information mm. i mean if you look at the vendors that every single week they're releasing new updates they yeah. um, new articles of, of of the new um attacks that are out there so it's it's just a great way to get ideas out you can ask it it yep. responds back you just I, I guess there's two things that come to my mind here and i want to go through both of them with you because you do this on a daily basis i don't as much um, the first one i guess is you know you talk there about using it to do i'm going to call it the leg work a little mm -hmm. bit so you're using it to do the stuff that perhaps just you know isn't as skilled doesn't require as much experience then you, with all of your experience, are verifying that and Correct. going in on top of that. If we zoom out from that, you go fast forward maybe a year or two, does that mean that we'll lose all of the ways that we used to have to get people that experience? You know, they start with the junior work, the unskilled work, yeah, et cetera, I, and they learn from there. I, I believe um, there is a threat to that. Yep. I, I do believe AI will in the future, all depending on how it's learned and yep. what, what data sets it's being given, um, that will take the mundane tasks away from the everyday cybersecurity analyst. And every everyday cybersecurity analyst just cheered, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yep. Um, but it's more the, 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 the skilled ones that have been through the trenches that will be going, yay, the people who, who are coming out of universities who haven't got that everyday yeah. um, understanding of the attacks and what's currently happening, they're going to come into a workspace and go, Absolutely. what do I need to do to learn where AI is now going, no, yes, I'm information. Yes, I'm information. It's interesting, isn't it's it? It's been verified already. And then you have analysts or junior analysts who 
don't know how to yeah. interpret it. So I guess they could take uh, with the new uh, universities could implement AI and understanding how AI is so currently brings learning. Brings it right back into that education point, yes. doesn't it? You know, it's it's interesting. Um, Google just released their competitor to GPT-4, which is called PARP. And one of the things that they're doing with it, or two of the things that they're doing it with it, the first one is it's integrated with their standard search engine, right? Which I'll, I'll come back to in a while because Microsoft are doing that with their security copilot yep. as well. But what happens is if you type a query into the Google search bar and if Google determines that you really don't need AI to answer that question. It's a simple question. All you need is a list of links out of it. It'll just go straight to the normal search engine. It'll do it at blisteringly fast speeds, just like Google is well known for for however long. But if it goes, well, that's a bit more of a complicated question. I need to give a narrative kind of answer. It will give you the option to select into the AI-enabled search, which is, is Palm. And when you do that, it'll give you an answer similar to what GPT-4 or ChatGPT would give you, but you can then click through every single line and it will give you the data that underpins that yep. line. So even as a uneducated person like myself, you know, I can sit there and I can go through and I can search for something and I can go, oh, maybe it's hallucinating, I don't really know, <laughs> you know, what is that algorithm on kind of thing? Yeah. Has it had too many of these, oh. these kind of thing? And then at that point I can actually, I may not understand the way the algorithm worked, but at least I can go back to the underlying data, right? Which I think is so important in cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it really comes down to if you if you hand AI bad information, it's going to give you bad information. It is. If yeah. you give it good information and verify that the information that's going into the, the learning model, you'll get more accurate outputs. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it really just comes down to if you've got good information, it's gonna be a wonderful tool to work yeah. with but if if and i think on that right like one example i mentioned before was security copilot that microsoft have been talking about one of the cool things that they're doing i think is taking their time yeah yeah. so they've built this solution and it's going into their tool sets it's, it's being integrated with their existing tool sets so it's not something new that people need to learn it's just giving you additional capability on the existing tool sets but they're also saying we're not going to release it quickly. We get that it's all, you know, it's out there yeah. and people want these tools, but want these tools. But they're releasing it to a small group of people to start with and going, what are the pitfalls? And how can we fix yeah. them before they then release it you know, five or six months later to everybody else? I think that's really important in an environment where technology is changing fast, right? Yeah, and it, it, and it's giving it to the the end user in snippets. So they're integrating the AI, especially with Copilot and improving what they've currently got. Mm. So using AI for word processing. Yep. So being able to ask the, the, the co-pilot, does my, um, does my scope of work flow correctly? And yep. it will be able to give you ways to improve it. Yeah, which is really important in cybersecurity, right? Because we, yeah, we always talk about the SOC and the detection side of things. Sometimes we even talk about the incident response side of things. Yep. But a huge part of our industry is implementing new technology to keep up with everything else that's yes. going on out there and to keep up with the, the threats, right? Yep, that's correct. And so AI in cyber has a part to play there. It does. I really do. It's, it's, it's small at the moment. It's, it's, it's still touching base. There's still tons of learning. There's mm. still a, a complete like unknown on AI and cybersecurity. So yep. it's, I think the, the future is going to be very interesting. 
And with that unknown, and we've, we've talked about false positives as a risk, we've talked about hallucinations as a risk. You know, to quote Donald Rumsfeld, there's probably a lot of unknown unknowns, risks that we don't know yet, right? So I almost think that our mitigations to those risks need to, they need to be not technology-based in a lot of ways. They need to be things that will persist, even as the technology and the algorithms evolve. Um, you mentioned one of them, which was education. Yeah. Well, in terms of education, I mean, being able to understand how AI works, mm. um, having the new, uh, the, the, the new generation be able to understand how it learns, how it outputs, yeah. how, how it's able to generate the information it's providing you that humans can understand. And which algorithm fits for particular problems, right? Like yeah. machine learning, like we said, is exceptional at some problems. It's great in detections for example, but in other problems. It's not great at outputs though. Yeah, exactly. And it's, in other problems, you might say generative AI is much better. So in the incident response scenario that Microsoft are using it for, for security co-pilot, bringing together large amounts of data to build documentation quickly yep. in an incident response scenario. How good is that? You'd never use a normal supervised machine learning model to do that. No. It's not designed for it. I think you're right. I think we need to educate our analysts and our implementers to understand that. And that's got to be right at the front line too. It can't just be people in projects. It's got to be people in security operations centers. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very true. Yeah. I think the other thing that we talked about as we were prepping for this was this idea of AI as a black box and avoiding that. Well, I mean, it's 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 really a an unknown at the moment yep so i mean ai as a a set tool that we can use we won't just be able to just always rely on it mm. that's a it's a great point i mean the, the example of google and palm i think is a great analogy in that you know, maybe google search is better than using palm for something so rather than necessarily exposing it to people that you use Palm for absolutely everything, yep. maybe just use search when it makes sense. And in the case of cyber, if you can get a really quick result doing a classic correlation like you do in Splunk or Sentinel, do you really need to throw AI into that problem space where it's not necessarily going to help as much? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, for me, the other really big thing, we talked education, we talked understanding and pushing that forward to the front line. For me, the other big part of this is making sure that you include that AI capability in any exercises that you're running. Yep. So, you know, if you're, yeah. you're going to run a cyber exercise and the organization is using an AI tool, what do you do? Well, utilize it. <laughs> Bingo, right there. That's it, you can't just, you know, pretend that you're gonna have exercise inject. You need people to train as they're going to fight yeah. If they train as they fight, that means using the tool in the exercise just as they would in, in real life as well. Yeah, generating some good uh, simulations with AI, training your... You could even use AI to um, as a training tool. Most of... Actually, training, you know, fail fast type, type analogy there. What's the biggest AI fail you've seen so far in all of your work? AI fail? Jeez, um, I don't think I've... In Other than perhaps drinking your very nice porter far too slow. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's generally a fail. I think it's more down to just fact-checking. 
So yep. Yep. In, in how I use it uh, in, in my everyday in my everyday life, it's, it's just you, you asking it a lot of information and it's giving you a lot of information and you, you're actually fact-checking the fact-checking. Mm. Yeah, who, who, looks at, who, who looks over the, uh, over the outputs and makes sure they're accurate. I like it. I like yeah, it. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. But it's, it's such a great tool just to get the, 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 the juices flowing, basically. The juices flowing, indeed. Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure today. I think you're you're far better in the podcast seat than you are behind the well. camera. We'll, we'll see how the footage turns out with Adam doing it today. Uh, but yeah, really interesting to topic. Um, thank you so much for giving us your time. I think on that bombshell, let's get back to the fight against cybercrime. Uh, before we end this, it's uh, and that's a wrap. That's <laughs> you are doing it, Adam. Well done, well done. Cheers, Martin. Cheers. <laughs>